Martin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Welcome to Rochester Real Estate, featuring Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Andy Brownell and News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It's Saturday morning, and I am joined, of course, by Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. How are you? I am enjoying summer. How's that? Yeah, me too. It's going to be hot this coming week, I understand. Yeah, that's summer, right? I hope I get maybe a little time to get in the pool. I was so, <laughs> I was so good this year about getting it open super early. Had it open on April 13th. So that's, you know, April to May. Two months ago, haven't been in it yet. But, you know, eventually. Oh, my goodness. Others have been in it, I hope. No one's been in it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> we work too much. We're just busy. We're busy. <laughs> well, okay. That, that leads to my question because All right. I've had discussions with many people. You know, they're, they're curious. The, as you, I think you called it a shift. The market has shifted. Right. So, so where are we at now? Because as far as I think house prices are concerned, because people are looking at a different type of market today. Okay, so this is uh, the topic um, that I talk most about at listing appointments these days. Okay, people say, I want to sell my house before it goes down too much. And I say, no, no, no. Your house value is not going to go down. Okay, it's just not going to go up as fast as it has in the past couple of years. So prices are still going to go up. And I follow, as you know, Lawrence Yun. He's an um, economist who does um, work for the National Association of Realtors. And his prediction is that this year, um, houses will go up 5% over last year. Well, that doesn't seem too terribly bad to me. No, but it doesn't. If houses went up, you know, in some markets, I think Phoenix, Arizona, Austin, Texas, like 30 or 35% year over year. So if it went up 30% and then it goes down to five, it'll seem horrible to people. But the fact of the matter is the value of your house is not going to go down. It's just going to start increasing at a slower rate, but it, the movement is going to be upward. Okay, I promise you that. So people say, well, then why are um, prices being reduced? We haven't seen prices be reduced in some time in the market. And I say that is a very valid question. So let's just say an agent comes in and does a market analysis on a property and they use what we call the comps, the other houses like it that have sold. Well, if they're using comps for a whole year, which often they do, they're going to be including some comps that sold in crazy times in bidding wars, some that sold 30000 over ask, some that sold 50000 over ask. Okay, you throw a couple of comps like that into the mix and you use that for your average price, you're going to come up with a higher list price than you probably should. What you should do is be focusing on those list prices of what those houses were when they sold 30000 over because if the agent did an accurate job of listing it, now sometimes that isn't going to work because some agents don't do an accurate job or they say, oh, let's start lower so we can go higher. And it, I know it drives appraisers crazy. <laughs> but anyway, they should look at what the real value of the property was 
not what it necessarily sold for. So what I tell people is your house is still going to sell for what it's worth today. It might even sell for a little more than it's worth, depending on what price range we're in and what, what our product is that we have to sell. But what I will tell you is it's not going to sell for less than it's worth. So what's happening is if people are listing their houses for more than they're worth, then they might have to do a price reduction because people are paying what they're worth. Sure. Does that make sense? It does make perfect sense. And you've explained this in the past that if you start at that price that's higher than what it should be, your odds of actually getting what it worth it's worth diminish because when you reduce the price, people think it's going to possibly be reduced some more. Exactly. They, you're sending a message that maybe your seller is desperate instead of just saying, oh, geez, I blew it and overpriced the house, right? And so now the average consumer is going to say, oh, they've already done a price reduction. No one's doing a price reduction. Let's go make an offer and offer even 20000 less than where they're at because they must really need to get that house sold. So pricing the house right is the number one most important thing when it comes to listing your house, especially in this market. Now, if you would have asked me that a year ago, I would tell you something different. I told people, this is like real estate for dummies. You can put any price out there and the market's going to autocorrect because people have lost out on 10 houses. They know what they're willing to pay for a house when they see it, right? So it used to be if I listed a house for three fifty, dollars I don't want to say I because I don't want to make it sound like I did that. But if anybody listed a house for three fifty, dollars but it was really worth three seventy five. dollars it didn't matter because the offers were going to come in at 375, 390, 410, whatever, whatever people were willing to pay for it. But because we're in an environment right now where houses are selling for their value, what they're worth, I think it's really important to price it for what they're worth because we don't want to overprice it and have to reduce and we don't want to leave any money on the table and we certainly don't want to underprice it because we don't want to bank on somebody offering more than what we're asking so it's really important to hone in on that what we are worth price when you talk to sellers do you have to spend a significant amount of time explaining that the past couple of years were an anomaly that we'll probably or hopefully never see again uh not usually i think i i'm very fortunate because i study real estate. I mean, I read and I follow and I'm in different groups with, you know, top 1% of Remax and all over the nation. So I brainstorm and I do a lot of learning every single week. So I feel like when I go into an appointment to talk to sellers, I know what I'm talking about. And I think when you're knowledgeable and you know your field, it's really easy to speak confidently about what I'm, tr- you know, the message that I'm trying to relay. And I think that people are really typically pretty perceptive. And so, no, I think when they get the facts, they understand them. And uh, from what you're describing about the current market, We're getting a little bit closer every day, it seems like, to a normal market. Or I I don't know if there's anything. Well, I think houses are selling for what houses are selling for what they're worth. So I think that's pretty balanced. You know, when houses are selling for less than their value, that is unfortunate for sellers and a a dream for buyers. When houses are selling for more than their value, that is a dream for sellers and a nightmare for buyers. But when houses are selling for what they're worth, that's a very balanced market. So I know a lot of economists and pundits and 
everybody out there is talking recession. That with the higher interest rates, uh, we may not be able to avoid a recession. We might. There's still a possibility we could have what they call a soft landing. So but, can I can I talk to you about recession? Since sure, recession? absolutely. Okay, so I want to tell you that history proves that recession does not equal a housing crisis. Okay, uh, let's go back and review a few recessions. In 1980, there was a recession. I told you my story. I graduated from high school that year, and I yes. was crying <laughs> in my bedroom because I thought for sure I was never going to be able to eat or live or anything. Right? Because the, the news had me scared to death. But anyway, during that year, 1980. House prices increased by 6.1%. Okay? The next recession, 1981. Well, I guess it's the same recession continued. Housing prices increased by 3.5%. Now, in 1991, housing prices took a dip by 1.9%. Very modest. Very modest. In 2001... There was another recession. Housing prices increased 6.6%. Now, the one that everybody keeps remembering and thinking this is what happens in a recession is 2008 when housing prices went down by 19.7%. And, you know, we've talked and we've talked about why that isn't going to happen again. And the simple answer is, Remember during that time driving around and it seemed like every other house was for sale? Like you would look up and down your streets and it's like, oh, for sale, not for sale, for sale, not for sale, for sale, for sale, for sale, not for sale. And now it's like we still have, we absolutely still have a supply and demand issue. We have a housing shortage, okay? And we have homeowners who have all kinds of equity. We're good. This is a really solid market where home values are going to continue to climb. They are not going to climb at the 18% or the 15% year over year that we've seen in the last couple of years here in our local market, but we will see an increase. And that is for sure. And what you've described there, other than what happened in the late 2000s, when there was, I guess I would term it another anomaly. Uh, it, it, yes. wasn't a, it wasn't a normal recessionary period. It was... It was very uh, much tied to mortgages. Yeah, it was a perfect storm for what happened. Yes. But from what you described, you know, when I compared to my, my 401k to what's happened in other recessions, my... My money is more stable <laughs> if I have it in real estate during and, those recessionary times than in, in the stock market. And it's honestly, you know, it, I'm sure there are people that have a different opinion, but I uh, believe with my whole heart that there is no better investment than real estate. And I know that there are a lot of people who believe the same. And the way, you know, the road to wealth for the majority of Americans is to build it through owning real estate. I mean, it's just simple. I agree with you on that. So we have to take a break already. Uh, We're talking with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results, and we will be back in just a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. 
We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message Rochester Real Estate with Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We are back with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results this morning. Robin, we talked about the stability and actual increase in home values during most recessionary periods what and home prices in general that they're going to go up at a more reasonable pace than those rocket ship prices that we saw a year or so ago but what does this mean for the the person out there in the real estate market sure it does mean that it is tougher for buyers to buy because with the increase in the um interest rates that means that the payments have gone up we've you know we've covered this the same house that you could have bought last year at a much lower rate it increases your payment you know depending on what the price is a couple hundred dollars a month right so that's real money especially to a young couple starting out that you know it seems it seems sometimes overwhelming so they're trying to figure out how to do it and to make it happen um, we say a lot of people are turning to the bank of mom and dad mm-hmm. and they're asking for gift money for down payments or maybe they're not even asking. Um, I know my kids have never asked, but I have said rather than you do this, let us do that kind of thing. Right. And I think parents don't like seeing their kids pay rent. They they want them to do exactly what I was talking about in the first segment. They want them to start building some wealth. So if it means helping them get into a house, of course, if the parents have the means to do it, we're seeing a lot of that. And it might mean co-signing on a mortgage. It might mean gifting them money for a down payment. Or sometimes we're even seeing parents buying the house outright and then some of them rent back or they I've even had I've had personally had clients who bought the house, paid cash and then had the kids pay them a house payment each month like they are the bank. But then they told me that this money will just become their money someday. So they're basically putting them in a house and creating their own savings account for the future. So. You know, our kids are going to get our money someday. So if we are in a position to help them now, why not? And I think more parents than not have that attitude. I think so, especially with the run-up in wealth that occurred for many who are fortunate that right. who rode the stock market of the 90s and had significant real estate investment. Um, a lot of people who are in their retiring years are doing pretty well right now. Unfortunately, well, some and- not, but... Well, what I think about, you know, when I help my kids, because some people will criticize and say, wow, your kids have it made, you know, you sure do a lot for them. And I'm thinking, well, this is the deal. Right now, as you know, and most of our listeners know, if they listen on a regular basis, I take care, you know, my husband and I take care of my parents, right? And we're so blessed and thrilled to do it. And I think, well, if my kids are in a position to take care of me someday when I need it, they might be more apt to do it. So (laughs) if I can give them a leg up now and help them be in a better financial position, why would I not? So maybe I'm just looking out for my own, Uh. my own future. I don't know. um, You know, truth be told, it's not, there's nothing more important to me than family. And I'm not alone there. You know, there are a lot of people that feel that way. 
Well, and the idea, help them. the idea of uh, the parents helping out for the first home is nothing new. Right. It, it's, I think now there are more people who are actually in a position to help out than there were. That's it. In That's past the only difference. It's not that parents haven't always wanted to. It's just that now we're in a position where more parents are able to. You're exactly and, right. Yeah. And they just see, wow, if I can, if I can um, help them get into a house so that when they're paying their monthly mortgage each month, it's actually building them wealth rather than just paying rent and building somebody else wealth, why wouldn't I want to help them do that? So, yeah, no, I think it's just common sense. But in addition to parents, the government is trying to help as well. And when I say that, there is a new HUD program that, excuse me, is taking aim at the housing supply crisis. And what that means is the Department of Housing and Urban Development has announced a new program to help remedy the nation's housing supply shortage by boosting affordable housing. It's called Our Way Home. And so they're going to create some round tables and they're hoping to like go into areas and rezone neighborhoods and they'll supply grant money. I don't know why I have this dry spot. Sorry. They'll um, supply grant money to revamp tired homes, you know, try to bring things back and repurpose, right? Houses that sure. are pretty um, run down, have been lived in hard, maybe used for several years as rentals. You know, we don't want them to become undesirable neighborhoods where people buy them really cheap and then rent them out to people who can only afford really cheap, but they're not providing a nice home for them necessarily. You know, the, the, the horrible term slumlords, you know, those landlords that are yep. basically taking advantage, preying on the people who can't afford the high rents. And they're trying to take some of those properties and convert them into affordable housing, which I think, you know, through government programs, which I think is a fabulous idea. Wow, I, I wasn't aware of this program. Mm-hmm. It's, it's new. It's very new. I mean, okay. um, yeah, and it's our way home and it's just getting started. So what's going to happen is, um, you know, the whole purpose is to increase the housing supply and help local communities preserve the housing supply that they have. Right. OK. And so it'll just be it will be holding roundtables to engage local and state leaderships. It'll be advocating for zoning changes and it'll it'll include several initiatives, you know, grant monies, et cetera. So it's just good to know that um, I guess the people we are aware that there's a historic shortage of affordable housing. Right. And it's going to require a response because otherwise we're in big trouble. I mean, we have to have homes for people who are working for minimum wage or slightly above minimum wage. It's not fair that those people can't afford a nice place to live. I mean, they're working just as hard as everybody else is. And uh, some of those, and some of those jobs that you're talking about are critical jobs. Well, of course, you have people are. working in long-term care facilities and group right. homes. Very and, important and, jobs, and yeah. probably working harder than a lot of people who are making a lot more money. So I think you know there is definitely a need for housing at all price points, and I think that the government does need to get involved. You know whether that be local or national government or both, but the government does need to get involved to help people um right you know achieve the american dream well we're gonna kind of keep that on our radar and as i learn more yeah, about we'll it i'll try to share more yeah, yeah. 
Okay, Robin, we have to take another break already. We'll be back with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results. In just a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Hi, my name is Eric. I work for Allcraft. Ben here. Welcome back to Rochester Real Estate with Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, Saturday morning, and it's Andy Brown Health, of course, with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Robin, you and I were talking off the air about our neighborhoods, and I think you and I could get into a, I don't know, Dispute a breaking about who war. has a better one? Yeah, I think I have. I've lived here now many, many years, and I would count my neighbors as well, among my best friends. Yeah, They're it's awesome. I live, I'm back in the neighborhood that I grew up in because um, my parents lived in the same house for 54 years, and that was my childhood home, clearly. And then when Scott and I built a weekend home, we built right across the street from them where we would go on the weekends when our kids were teenagers. And now that is where we live, and that, of course, is down in Reed's Landing. And we live there because my parents... They don't live in the old house that they lived in. We own it, but they don't live there. They live in the one that we purchased right next door. So I have my parents' old house on one side of me, my parents' new house on the other side of me, um, a widowed farmer's wife next to us, and then one of my best childhood friends and her husband next to that. So we have a little cul-de-sac of five houses, and we're all just, you know, besties. Like before my na- the widow's husband passed, the rest of us all went to dinner with him. So we were all there so that we could say to him mm-hmm. at dinner, you don't need to worry. You know, we know this cancer is getting fierce, but one thing that you don't have to worry about is Carol, because when you're gone, we are here and we will be doing the mowing and the shoveling and help her with her whatever she needs when the computer goes out or the cable goes out. And I know it gave him a great sense of comfort yes. leaving this earth, knowing that she was going to be, you know, surrounded by her loving neighbors that were going to continue to take care of her. And it is priceless. And I know that any of my neighbors would do anything for me and they know I would do anything for them. And it's not always that way, but a lot of times it is. And when I sell a house and the seller says to me, I want to pick a good neighbor. Well, of course, housing rules, you can't pick anybody. It's not like that. (laughs) But what they really mean is I really hope that someone comes that's going to, you know, value these neighbors and be a good neighbor to them. Right. And it's a lot more important than people think. There was actually an article in the National Association of Realtor magazine this week um, on Thursday. And the, the title was, Over Half of Americans Are Irked by Their Neighbors. So, Andy, we're lucky to be in the other half. But I am very lucky. Yeah, it says that all the extra time spent at home during the pandemic was a little too much togetherness for some neighbors. And 50% of the... 10,000 Americans recently polled said they are annoyed by their neighbors multiple times a year. 35% are annoyed by their neighbors at least once a month. And the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Zs, appear to be the ones that are most irked by the habit habits of their neighbors. <laughs> so we're, we're lucky to have good neighbors. But, you know, when I have a seller say to me, I told my neighbors that I was selling... 
and they cried. It makes me feel like that is the way a neighborhood is supposed to be. You know, we're supposed to all yes. be friends. And, and some neighbors keep their distance because they're busy all day at work. And when they come home, they just want their alone time, their quiet time, their family time. But to have a neighbor to, that respects that is awesome, right? Yes. I mean, so it's like know your neighbors, know what they want out of you as a neighbor, and then be respectful. Like I always feel so bad when I pull into the neighborhoods where there's like six houses on a cul-de-sac and five of them are manicured like a golf course and the other one has you know grass up to the knees the christmas tree lights still hanging from the roof in july you know or whatever and i always think oh come on everybody else in the neighborhood is working so hard to make it look so beautiful do your part yeah or have the other neighbors pitch in and help too yeah we've done that yep yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Something needed to be taken care of, and we got together as a group and took care of it. Yeah, no, that is that is so true. But So I'm sorry to hear that 50% of Americans yeah. are irked by their neighbors, but I'm super happy to know that I'm not one of them. Well, let's hope that's a pandemic thing and it fades over time. Yeah, and it goes away. There's a lot of things that kind of changed from the pandemic, and not all of them were good. <laughs> that's no. for sure. So um, we're going to run out of time rapidly here do you do you have some listings you want to share today uh just share a couple i have a new one at 711 first street northwest and that one is uh, about a five minute walk to mayo campus downtown probably about an eight minute walk to st mary's maybe a little less depending on how fast you walk anyway it's 214.9 and it's 711 first street northwest so that's kutsky and neighborhood yeah, and then I have one in Wabasha. So if you're looking to move to Wabasha or if you're looking for a weekend place in Wabasha, it's 117 3rd Street East Wabasha. And that one is 195 and it's a one-level living. Okay, I mean, there is a basement that's unfinished and has storage and stuff, but laundry's on the main, two bedrooms on the main, bathrooms on the main, everything. 1,274 square feet uh, total. And that one was built in 1990. So two beds, three baths, one car garage, 195. So two right. very affordable houses right there, one in Rochester, one in Wabasha. Happy to show either one of them to you or any other house you might want to see. So How do they get a hold of you? <laughs> yeah. Call me on my cell phone, 507-259-4926, and I can help you with any of your real estate needs. Would be happy well, to. Thanks a lot, Robin. We'll chat again next week. Sounds good, Andy. All right, it's Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9. News Talk 1340.